Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes in defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 79 is entitled, The Golden Mean and the Decline of Democracy. The popular Greek myth, Daedalus and Icarus, tells the story of a father and son imprisoned in the labyrinth on the Isle of Crete by the wicked king Minos. Daedalus, upon being commanded by Minos, had designed the labyrinth to imprison the Minotaur, a monster bull that devoured all prisoners. In danger, on land and sea, to escape, Daedalus created wings of bird feathers held together by wax for him and his son Icarus. Daedalus warned Icarus not to fly too close to the sun or the wax would melt, and he would fall into the sea and drown. Icarus was young, however, and once he learned how to fly, he soared high in the azure sky and low to the frothy waves of the turbulent sea, dashing past his troubled father who stayed on a steady course. Icarus flew too close to the sun. The wax melted, the feathers flew to the wind, and Icarus, under the watchful eye of his horrified father, plunged into the sea and drowned. The story is about moderation. The story of Icarus illustrates what happens when man violates the golden mean. The ancient Greeks preached moderation. The Greek view of freedom would be a perfect balance between two extremes. On the Temple of Apollo at Delphi were written three Delphic maxims. 1. Know thyself. 2. Nothing in excess. 3. Give a pledge and trouble is at hand. Of the three maxims, know thyself is probably the most quoted and the most written about. The golden mean, however, refers to the second maxim, nothing in excess. We see this philosophy in Milton's Paradise Lost. In Book 11, the Archangel Michael shows Adam the future of man and the coming of Christ. Adam, painfully aware that he has brought death into the world, wonders if death can be less painful. Adam asks Michael, I yield it just, said Adam, and submit. But is there yet no other way, besides these painful passages, how we may come to death and mix with our connatural dust? Michael echoes the same principle that was so important to the Greeks, nothing in excess. Michael said to Adam, There is, said Michael, if thou wilt observe the rule of not too much, by temperance taught in what thou eatest and drinkest, seeking from thence due nourishment, not gluttonous delight, till many years over thy head return, so mayst thou live, till like ripe fruit thou drop into thy mother's lap, or be with ease gathered, not harshly plucked, for death mature. Aristotle in the Nicomachean Ethics Book 2 explains the golden mean. The text is published by the Gutenberg Project. In all quantity, then, whether continuous or discreet, one may take the greater part, the less, or the exactly equal, and these either with reference to the thing itself or relatively to us, and the exactly equal is a mean between excess and defect. 
Now by the mean of the thing, absolute mean, I denote that which is equidistant from either extreme, which of course is one and the same to all, and by the mean relatively to ourselves, that which is neither too much nor too little for the particular individual. This, of course, is not one nor the same to all. For instance, suppose ten is too much and two too little. People take six for the absolute mean because it exceeds the smaller sum by exactly as much as it is itself exceeded by the larger. And this mean is according to arithmetical proportion. Aristotle emphasizes that the golden mean is relative to the individual. What is too much for one may be too little for another. When Aristotle uses the word mean, substitute golden mean, meaning the perfect balance between the two. He continues, It is moral excellence such as virtue, of course, which I mean, because this it is which is concerned with feelings and actions, and in these there can be excess, defect, and the mean. It is possible, for instance, to fill the emotions of fear, confidence, lust, anger, compassion and pleasure, and pain generally too much or too little, and in any case wrongly. But to fill them when we ought, on what occasion, toward whom, why, and as we should do, is the mean, or in other words, the best state, and this is the property of virtue. In like manner, too, with respect to the actions, there may be excess and defect and the mean. Now virtue is concerned with feelings and actions, in which the excess is wrong and the defect is blamed, but the mean is praised and goes right, and both these circumstances belong to virtue. Virtue, then, is in a sense a mean state, since it certainly has an aptitude for aiming at the mean. Aristotle offers the following examples. 1. In respect of fears and confidence or boldness, the mean state is courage. 2. In respect of pleasures and pains, the mean state is perfected self-mastery. 3. In respect of giving and taking wealth, the mean state is liberality, the excess prodigality, the defect stinginess. 4. In respect of wealth, the mean state is munificence, the defect is liberality, or want of taste, or profusion, or poultriness. 5. In respect of honor and dishonor, the mean state is greatness of soul, the excess which may be called the defect, littleness of soul. 6. In respect of anger, the mean state is meek or meekness, the defect, passion or passionateness. 7. In respect of truth, the mean state is truthfulness. Defect is exaggeration or braggadocio. In Christian theology, the golden mean is manifested in the golden rule. Also, the seven capital virtues, chastity, temperance, charity, diligence, patience, kindness, and humility are counter to the seven deadly sins. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, envy, wrath, and pride. We find the golden mean through Christian virtues, 
In the following, I appeal to King Solomon, who authored Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. Solomon counseled. 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. 2. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be few. 3. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. 4. The sheep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. 5. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit for them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Consider the work of God. For who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider. God also hath set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing after him. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. Be not righteous overmuch, neither make thyself overwise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? In summary, then, the golden mean is the perfect balance between extremes. Sometimes it is mathematical. Sometimes it is relative. What is too much for one may be too little for another. What is too little for one may be too much for another. Clearly, it depends upon experience, knowledge, judgment, and wisdom. In religious philosophy, it depends upon faith. The Sermon on the Mount, for example, is a list of virtues necessary to inherit the kingdom of God. They are faith-based. Regardless of criteria of judgment, most philosophies, whether secular or religious, have a system of ethics or virtues, as illustrated above. All virtues are governed by the golden mean. A virtue is considered the best possible action. That is why it is considered a virtue. Christian virtues differ in one very important respect. They are considered absolute laws of God based on the principle of causality and are not changed by opinion. God, not man, sets the standards. Christianity depends entirely upon a belief in Jesus Christ. Virtues become commandments. At balance is justice and mercy, God and Satan, heaven and hell, good and evil, moral and immoral, right and wrong. There is no compromise. 
There is a perfect balance between justice and mercy, else no one can be saved. Even the law of opposites is governed by the golden mean. Were gravity stronger, we could not lift a foot. Were gravity weaker, we could not plant a foot. The laws of nature are governed by the golden mean. There is perfect balance in the universe. Governments, however, especially a democratic republic, must make compromise because not all believe in the same virtues or ethics. Not all believe in God, and of those who believe in God, not all believe in the same God. The golden mean is essential in a democratic republic where we have a constitution and bill of rights that include freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and freedom of the press. Laws must be passed, therefore, what can be considered absolute and what relative what can be enforced and what tolerated. That is one of the greatest challenges of a democratic republic. The question is this, are there absolute laws of liberty without which a free government cannot stand? Can a free government survive moral relativism? The answer is unequivocal no. The golden mean will be destroyed and evil will take over. Moral relativism will destroy a free government with greater devastation than any other enemy. You may talk it to death, but the consequences will be the same. Where the majority of people obey the absolute virtues of Christ, freedom will ring forever. Where the majority of people disobey the absolute virtues of Christ, freedom will fall suddenly with a crushing defeat. That is the dilemma of a free government. Some laws cannot be enforced. They must be lived voluntarily. The first five laws of the Ten Commandments, for example. A state must consider which of the last five laws of the Ten Commandments it can enforce. No free government can survive where the last five laws of the Ten Commandments are ignored. James calls the Ten Commandments the law of liberty. That is the most brilliant statement of liberty I have ever read. A totalitarian state enforces all laws without due process. A free state cannot do that. However, even a free state must determine which laws it will enforce and to what degree they must be enforced. The reason America is in chaos today is because our government has removed all Ten Commandments from our laws. The United States of America will fall if the law of liberty is not restored. It is the law of liberty or the Ten Commandments that gives us the golden mean. The first five commandments must be lived voluntarily. That is why the majority of citizens must believe in God of their own free will. The brilliance of the Ten Commandments is that the first half teaches us to love God. The second half teaches us to love our neighbor. That gives us the perfect balance, the golden mean. The only way liberty can survive is for the majority of the people to obey all Ten Commandments voluntarily without the need of government interference. The purpose of law is to force bad people to be good so that society may be safe. A constabulary would not be necessary in a perfect society. The greater the evil, the stronger the constabulary must be or the streets will be ruled by riot, as we see today in our large cities. A nation that denies absolutes and calls good evil and evil good is doomed to chaos and will self-destruct. The last five commandments of the Ten Commandments must be enforced by law following the golden mean. Those who dismiss the last five commandments of the Ten Commandments simply because they are in the Bible or because they are part of the Judeo-Christian heritage have turned their back on liberty. The ancient Greeks would have been appalled. Their ethics parallel Christian ethics. Their proverbs parallel Christian proverbs. So do the ethics of the major religions of the world. 
Truth is universal, and absolute truth is unalterable, regardless of public opinion. One cannot dismiss truth simply because they disagree with a religion that believes those came directly from God. Moral relativism is death to democracy. I shall use the abandonment of the golden mean as an indicator of the decline of democracy. And like Icarus, when the fatal feather falls, a nation such as the United States will plunge into the sea of obscurity and drown, and from his fall will rise the extreme, totalitarianism. We all see the golden mean in nature, the adage, the straw that broke the camel's back, or the feather that caused Icarus to plunge to his death, illustrates the point. One snowflake does not cause an avalanche, but too many snowflakes do. One pebble does not cause an avalanche, but too many pebbles do. One raindrop does not cause a flood, but too many raindrops do. When we reach the saturation point, who can tell which snowflake, which pebble, or which raindrop is too many? It is my personal opinion that we are now at the saturation point, and if we do not pull back our heavy taxes, our liberal philosophy, and our socialistic directions, we will, with a single act, like the pebble, the raindrop, or the snowflake, find ourselves in an avalanche or flood from which we cannot escape. Everything today, even that which begins with a virtue, is taken to extreme. Civil rights, women's rights, gay rights, animal rights, prisoners' rights, environmentalism, political correctness, sexual harassment, sexism, racism, socialism, humanism, freedom, free speech, global warming, liberalism, conservatism, separation of church and state, welfare, regulations, safety, gun control, the list is simply too long. Abandonment of the golden mean often moves to the ridiculous. It will soon be a crime if we use the wrong pronoun, punishable by fines or imprisonment. Gender is now a choice regardless of nature. Our children are taught in schools not to refer to someone as he or she until they know what gender that person claims. People are offended at everything. Political correctness is simply turned to a witch hunt. In the name of raising consciousness, we are being clubbed to death by our own language. One is afraid to speak except in the sugary saccharine of cloying euphemism. Freedom of speech is being destroyed in America all in the name of virtue. Millions have spilt their blood to preserve freedom of speech. But our syrupy society throws it away because of fear of offense. As Chief Justice in Shakespeare's Henry IV said to the criminal Falstaff, we are deaf to the hearing of anything good. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.